At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, my friends. What is going on? Feeling good? Feeling fine? Gather round, gather round. Because I got big plans. Eternally excited, as always, to get this show started as it comes to you. On this, the 21st of June, 2021, from the world-famous Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. It is time for the one and only Eric Zane Show podcast. It begins now. Hey, this is Dirk in Clearwater, Florida. When I'm not slapping the bass, I'm listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Welcome in, my goodness. It is a uh, the day after Father's Day, the first day, the first full day of summer. I uh, I guess, uh, well, it, it's where, where I live in the Midwest, uh, here in the great state of Michigan. There was like a threat of uh, late day weather, bad weather, uh, thunderstorms that could spawn tornadoes. And they did. They did. Uh, in the region, not exactly where I'm at, but... Um, Hell, uh, to me, anything in the uh, multi-state area, uh, when the, if a tornado comes ripping through, I'm like, oh boy. And they said, uh, yeah, man, hey, the conditions would be favorable for a tor- for a tornado on this Father's Day. And I guess one ripped through uh, some area near Chicago, and there was like a trees down all over the place uh, where I live in my neck of the woods. Uh, I didn't see anything. Just had a lot of, lot of, lot of rain falling down as we uh, trekked uh, uh, from the east side of the state to the west side of the state from what turned out to be an absolutely, absolutely amazing Father's Day. One, two, remember, uh, the key is preparation. What you lack in skills, which is me on just about everything, uh, if you are prepared, you can cover up for the shortcomings. Okay, I'm not a chef. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a skilled uh, professional at uh, at making food. However, I can chop. I can read. I can do what I'm supposed to do to make up for those shortcomings. And boy, did they! Oh my gosh. So, all right, you need to know, and I've posted this before. The slaughter of the Turks shish kebab is quickly rising in ranks. It's not as amazing of a recipe as the slaughter of the Turks Armenian meatballs. But the slaughter of the Turks Armenian shish kebab is right up there. The day before 
Saturday, I was at the grocery store early, and I had to be there early. You know why? Because I had a full, I had a twelve hour work day on uh, on Saturday driving limo. I had a I had four count them four jobs to do, including my first quinceanera. I figured out how to say that appropriately. If you say quinceanera, like idiot white guy like me would say, uh, all the Mexicans got to look at you like you're a fuckface, and boy did they. But I'm already getting my head, uh, getting my ahead of myself on the story. That, that, that's coming up later about my first quinceanera. Quinceanera. Say it right, idiot. I guess you have to kind of yera. Quinceanera. If you say quinceanera, you are an asshole. I found this out firsthand. So because of having to... Um, um, do all of that. I had to get all of my preparations done for my dad's Father's Day bash where we drive all the way across the state and all I want to do is chit-chat, be, be uh, friendly, love my dad up, give him big hugs and kisses, say hi, and then have all the food ready to go so it doesn't take much to get it going. So that the key is the prep. I think this is key in just about everything in the world. If you're not prepared, you're going to fuck it up. Off to the store early. And, uh, you know, I, I pretty much have it down off the top of my head as to what I need. The the uh, the uh, raw vegetables, of course, for, for uh, shish kebabs. And then all of the constituent ingredients that make the marinades. Three, count them, three separate marinades. Lots of choppy, choppy, lots of uh, putting food in bags. But then the idea that uh, all of that gets boxed up, we throw it in the camper, and then uh, it's it's ready. So uh, Sunday morning comes after a full day of driving. I, I got into bed like 2 a.m., uh, Sunday morning because I worked all freaking day into the night. 2 a.m. I fall asleep. Technically Sunday morning. Get up at 8 and then let's go, man. It is Father's Day. It is time to do this. So this was a big goal-oriented moment. You know, I want to take this whole party to my dad's house. I'm going to meet my brother there. So it's going to be um, my dad. Me, my brother, my brother's family, my family. Awesome. Outside, all the food is the uh, slaughter of the Turk shish kebab bar is outside. Everybody just sticks the meat on and the vegetables on the sticks, throw it on the fire. And there, there I am. I'm preparing, I prepared everything. Uh, I want nothing to do with just sit, uh, sitting there and being pampered. Uh, that is not my thing. I don't want to do that. I would rather cook for everyone on Father's Day. That, to me, is, is what I like to do. I, I can't stand sitting still. Oh, no, no, no. So when I do that, I make people uncomfortable. They're like, hey, well, we feel like we should be helping. I was like, oh, I wish you wouldn't. Okay? Don't. You're going to get in the way. Let me do what I have set out to do, 
and this brings me joy. So sit there and talk. I don't I don't want I don't want you to lift a finger. And man, holy crap. Uh, the first thing I did was made this risotto. You ever watch Hell's Kitchen? There's always the one asshole making the risotto. And then, okay, this is how it goes on the show back in the day. Uh, uh, the one dude on the blue team sitting there making the risotto. And then uh, it sucks. And then Chef throws it away. This, you donkey, this tastes like shit. And then they like, ah, oh, sorry, Chef. They always screw up the risotto. I am the world's greatest risotto chef that it has ever seen. My gosh, am I awesome. Yeah, you heat up that oil with the butter. You throw in the minced shallots, which my God, are they pungent. And then they'd all, the, the shallots break down a little bit, you know, and kind of like the, the flavor gets cooked of that, uh, that onion-like uh, uh, ingredient throughout the pan you drop in the arboreal rice which is gigantic rice these big fucking little pearls and they get all like uh coated with what is in the pot and then you add uh the white wine the white cooking wine and let it burn or or not burn uh, absorb in and then you start adding cup after cup of the chicken broth and then it, you know, it gets absorbed. Add more. Gets absorbed. It took takes forever to do appropriate risotto, and you gotta watch it. When that's all done, then you take the Parmesan cheese and you throw it in there. The grated. But now I'm not talking craft green can dumpy dumpy asshole. It's got to be real cheese. I mean, well, that, that is real cheese, but it's shit. You got to go to that section in the store where there's like a cooler and all these expensive cheeses that are like ridiculously expensive. And you're like, what the fuck? You get a block of this uh, special. It's a wedge. It's a Parmesan, a very, very hard Parmesan cheese wedge. It costs like seven bucks just for the cheese. And you grate all of that up and then you throw it in there. And then it's off the heat and it just melts in there. It looks like Rice Krispies treats when you're mixing it up. Make that your only job, just the risotto, before you even begin the next thing. Because the second you take your eyes off it, it turns shitty. Risotto's done. It's time to set up the bar. I've got all my bowls, all my vegetables. I go, okay, dads, it's time to eat. And only two dads there It's outside of me are Jim, my brother, and my dad. And my dad, you got to go first. Loads up his kebab. <sighs> heaven. Absolute heaven. The beauty about this is you can take just plain old chicken breast and plain old sirloin steak. You get like a pound of it for like five bucks. And I actually had two pounds. The fact that it's been sitting in the marinade, chopped up in one inch by one inch squares in the fridge overnight, it's just so damn tender it's just amazing and the marinade on the beef in particular has rosemary in it and uh all sorts of other amazing ingredients a lot of garlic minced 
And it's all just in this crazy concoction of glory that soaks into this meat with these weirdo flavors you've never tasted before in your life. It's like, how can a, how can a meat taste that good? Uh, and then the chicken. Okay, you know, like when you take chicken off the grill, it's got a little bit of like kind of like uh, almost too much resistance on your teeth sometimes. It's just too tough. Not this. No. This marinade has just woven itself into the little microscopic uh, uh, cell walls of the, of, the, of the poultry and it's just like become one with it. Hey, we're going to stay here. Oh, this is great. And then the, the citrusy flavor that comes out. Oh, my God. Oh, my Jesus. Incredible. The shrimp. We had three meats. Shrimp, chicken, beef, all these vegetables. And everybody's just like piles of food. It was like eating like queens and kings. What a hit. I didn't even eat with them. I was just chefing it. Okay, give me your skewer, put it on, you sit down. When, when are you going to eat it? Don't worry about me. This is what I want to do. This is my Father's Day. This is what I enjoy. Oh, it crushed. Oh, my gosh. I did post this last week. So I'll link it up again in the show notes of this podcast in case, in case you missed it. And you must do this recipe. Now, listen, if you do this recipe, you have to understand, the first time you do it, it's going to take you forever. It's so much chopping and cutting. You're going to be like, is this worth it? Oh, my God. You learn tricks about how to make this a faster process. You just have to do it a few times. Like anything. But take your time, damn it. And this will make everybody happy. And then make sure you cook it right. Uh, by the way, we did use a gas grill, which uh, I'm sorry. I can't shake how inferior charcoal grills are. I have one and I, I can't get it right. Is it, is it me? Is this an Eric thing? Uh, thank God my dad had a gas grill. Otherwise this would have been the worst. I've had this exact recipe on charcoal grill before my charcoal grill. It's not as good. It doesn't cook as, as appropriately. It cooks it too fast. And then you get dry outside of meat. I guess done on the inside, but it's it's wonky. Screw you, charcoal grill. Absolutely amazing. More on our extravaganza, as we had all sorts of drama to deal with at my dad's house. But let me just say that there was a moment yesterday that I was worried about getting into a wreck. There's only one time that I can recall falling asleep at the wheel in a more um, undeniable fashion. Uh, But yesterday was bad. And I am not shitting you. There was a moment when I was at my dad's and we were all kind of just chit-chatting after the meal. When it, I couldn't believe the onset of the fatigue that hit me. It, it was like second by second. All of a sudden, I felt like the, the urge to put my, my head down and my eyes, uh, close my eyes. And just, it, was, it was remarkable. And I, and I had to um, really focus on, in fact, my dad was telling a story at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, you're looking right at him. Do not fall asleep. Do not fall asleep. I was like, holy shit, I'm tired. 
I am really tired. What the hell am I going to do? So in about 15 minutes after that, we ended up leaving. Okay, we got the uh, camper, the RV, and uh, it, it was great because uh, that allowed us to get there. And, uh, you know, we could, especially the NFK, could ride in comfort. Um, Diana, Madison, four dogs. We brought four dogs. Because the idea behind that is I don't like it. The dogs are a pain in the ass to get to the dog sitter. It isn't so much getting them there. It's a problem. It's just like uh, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. If I took them over to the dog sitter, then I wouldn't have taken the RV. So I just took them. Okay. I'll just pay the 100 bucks for the gas, which, my God, gas. Unbelievable. And I uh, brought the dogs. Kept them in the camper most of the time. Dad got to see O'Neill. That was good. It was just an adventure. Awesome. Everything went as planned. But I'm driving home. I'm, tra- uh, I'm probably one mile from my dad's house. And I'm like, <laughs> my head is, oh, God. Uh, my eyes are drooping. And I'm like, this is terrible. Just before that, though, I said, all right, I need coffee. Made a cup of coffee. Slam it. No effect. Holy shit. This is going to be rough. I've got 180 miles to get to the house, roughly. And I drive that thing slow. No more than 60 miles an hour. Sometimes slower. So this is a, this is a three-hour slog. Wow. And I am on mile one, and I'm like, this is not good. I haven't yet even gotten on to the freeway interstate. I'm still, I'm driving by the Packard Proving Grounds in Shelby Township, Michigan. You're like, what? Yeah, did you, I don't know if you know that. The Packard vehicle, remember, made from uh, about 1902 to 1956. Eventually merged with Studebaker to be Packard Studebaker when they were uh, uh, swirling in debt and about to go into bankruptcy and they eventually went belly up. An amazing vehicle called the Packard was being built uh, about 20 miles south in Detroit back uh, at that time frame. And then uh, they wanted to have a spot of land where they could test the vehicle with security so that no one, uh, competition eyes, Henry Ford, all the the, the Fords and uh, uh, GM, could they, they didn't want them to see what their cars were doing in the testing area. So they built the Packard Proving Grounds. I have never known that this existed, and I've been going to see my dad at this residence for, I don't know, 35 years. Right across the street from where my dad lives is the Packard Proving Grounds. And I'm like, I have never, ever fucking noticed this. It's incredible. It's just a historic place where they used to... Uh, it's probably boring to you. I don't know. It wasn't to me. I was like, what the hell? And that's the only thing I noticed in the car ride home. I'm falling asleep. And I go, oh, my God. There's a pack of proving grounds. What the fuck? Is that here? What is this? I had to look it up when I got home. Uh, so 15 minutes in. And Diana goes, well, nighty night. I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, come on. So she's in the back of the camper. And Maddie's there with her. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to rest our eyes. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It sounds so good right now. And uh, I can't take it. I'm falling asleep. So, uh, ah, what? What? I go, I need help. I go, I think I need to pull over. 
So I'm like, I'm going to pull over and then go into the bed and then try to fall asleep to hope that that will maybe refresh me. Before I do that, though, I, I go, I need another cup of coffee. Drink a second cup of really strong coffee. And I drink it fast. Nothing has zero effect. I'm like, we are screwed. So then I'm like, I, I got to pull over. I, can, I, can, I can't do it. Uh, at this point, I'm halfway to Flint. And I'm like, I have to uh, really focus. I can't. If I'm uh, seated there behind the wheel and in any way comfortable, like if I'm sitting in a way that's very comfortable within, I'm not kidding you, seconds. I'm like, it's like narcoleptic. You know, people have sleep apnea and then, you know, they don't sleep at all during, at, during the night. And then they, uh, during the day, they'll just be sitting there talking and also gone. That's how I felt. So, um, I'm trying to sit in an uncomfortable position, like really up straight, you know, perfect posture, feet on the ground, holding the steering wheel. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything to like relax me in any way. And I'm like, uh, you know, typically if I get like this, if someone's talking to me, that's better, but I got the NFK. So, you know, if he's going to say anything, it's going to be like, ah, man, shit, fuck that. And just whatever, uh, ranting about whatever's on his mind. Which, by the way, he did great. Everybody loves him. Uh, I I actually wish that the NFK would have some of his moments like he has here at the house in front of people. But he's so guarded. So it, it people never, ever see what I see. I don't know how it happened, but at some point I got a second wind. And thank the Lord, because, wow, um, when I'm driving, I don't want to pull over and go to sleep. I just want to keep going. So I am trying to fight through, power through this. And I was uh, somehow, uh, there are stretches of the the trip that I don't recall. Uh, There was one moment in particular where I rumble stripped it way too long. Like it wasn't just a touch on the rumbles. It was like, oh my God, I'm driving everybody nuts while I drive because everybody wants to drive at 85 miles an hour and I'm driving at 60. Ugh. We made it. All was well. All was good. I've got more uh, moments of silliness and ridiculous things that happened. At my dad's that I cannot wait to share with you. But I want to say I belated uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads uh, who are with us. And uh, God bless, God rest the souls, the eternal souls of those fathers who passed before. I think we have kind of like a next week Father's Day extravaganza here at this household. Like what are you talking about? Well, I mean, my family was scattered all over the place. Jackie and Justin were out of town. Uh, Jim, Aubrey, and my grandkids, they had something going on. I well, it doesn't matter. I was gone. I was in. I was with my dad. Uh, so now the the word on the street is this whole group is getting together next week to, uh, I guess, for something Father's Day like. We shall see. 
We'll see what uh, how it goes. A, a Saturday or Sunday, the rumor on the street is that's going to happen here. Now, I'm thinking, I think this group got together and got me a gas grill, but I'm not, I'm not for sure. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I, that, I think that that would be awesome. And because I am white flagging it on the charcoal, it's absolute shit. Uh, this is a, apparently the grill I have is an excellent grill. It's it's a Weber grill, a big kettle, you know, but, um, it's, it just doesn't work. It, 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 charcoal does not work. And any of you people who says, yeah, charcoal cooking is the way you're, you're, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. There is nothing, uh, uh, positive about, of an experience with charcoal grills. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever take, uh, charcoal and that takes forever to, to get it going. And then one day, all the preparation to do all that. I want to be preparing food. I don't want to be preparing charcoal. And then the inability to regulate the heat. Um, I, you know, there is, uh, I, I've battled it for one full year. And I haven't had one meal on that grill that I have said, yeah, this was done appropriately. It's all just, it's, it's quite literally smoke and mirrors. Shit flames up, have to put the lid on it, and then the, the, all the smoke and the uh, uh, moisture from the food fills the inside of the kettle, which then gets on the uh, coals, which kind of kind of half extinguishes them. So the temperature drops dramatically, and then you got to bring it back up, and then it flames up again, and you got to drop the temperature again, put the lid on it. All these fins, these stupid fins on the bottom. Yeah, you got to adjust this one 16 degrees and let a little bit of airflow in the bottom. And then you got to open up the one on top and let it in like 14 degrees. And then you got to you gotta uh, angle the lid in a particular way so a little bit of air is getting. No, fuck that. Low, high, fire. Eat shit. That's what you do. Yeah, but you see, Zane, you're an idiot because you don't know flavor. Charcoal makes it taste better. No, it doesn't. The meat makes it taste better. I, I don't want to taste charcoal, dick. I want to cha- uh, taste meat. So, in fact, I got that grill last Father's Day. One year of fighting that shit show. Holy crap. I don't even know what I'm going to do with that thing. I'm done with it. Absolutely done with it. My dad's grill that I cooked the uh, Slaughter the Turk shish kebab on. It was like a 30-year-old grill. It was perfect. So you're telling me I can just walk in to a strange grill that I don't cook on that... Uh, hasn't that gets used once a year has cobwebs all in it. I just turn it on and then in, 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 an, in an instant, everything is fine and running perfectly. But my brand new charcoal grill, I have to sit there and battle it like that. Screw charcoal. If you go to someone's house and say, hey, man, we're so glad you came over for dinner. What are we having? Uh, steaks. Uh, okay, great. Uh, well, you need to ask the question, what are you cooking it on? And if they say charcoal, you need to tell them to fuck off right there and just walk out. 
Say, I'm not friends with, with, you, with you anymore. Uh, flip the grill. Kick him in the back. Uh, we need to end that whole industry. No, uh, the, the, the charcoal industry needs to go away. The uh, um, uh, grill that, does not, that is not a gas grill, a freaking uh, uh, charcoal grill, th- those need to go away. I am declaring war on charcoal grills. Shit. Absolute shit. Convince me otherwise. No, you know what? Don't even convince me otherwise. In fact, don't even listen anymore. If any of you are listening to this and you use charcoal grills, you are not allowed to listen to the show anymore. You are banned from the show if you are a supporter of charcoal. That's right. I'm picking that fight against you now. No. No more. Thank you for being part of this show. You can get it one of many ways. The audio podcast. Download it wherever you download audio podcasts. Apple Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Spotify. About them all. Just search Eric Zane Show. Or just go to ericzaneshow.com and uh, click where it says free podcast. And you're all set. Please subscribe to it. Review. Uh, subscri- oh, Jesus. But come on. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Say something. Please. Facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page live every morning at about this same time. It's brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Share it. Hit the share button, please. Hit the like button, please. It helps. On Twitter, a Periscope video. It's brought to you by Blue Frost IT. Anybody know the gender of Alan and Ashlyn's baby yet? Apparently, that was revealed on Friday. I am not yet aware. I could at this very second go and check it out, but I don't want to get distracted. Blue Frost IT brings you the Periscope video on Twitter. Retweet it with a snarky comment. Do your worst. I'm on YouTube, Eric Zane Show on YouTube. uh, Subscribe to the channel. Bell notification. Thumbs up. I'm on Instagram, brought to you by the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com, on the Shoreliners striping inbox. Congrats are in order to Michael Ball. He had a terrific performance. At the Grand Rapids uh, Triathlon, there was a lot of races there. There was uh, all sorts of different uh, distances. His was the half iron distance, the big one. That's the biggest race they have. He did really well. Just over five hours. Um, That's an excellent time. Just shy of the podium. You see, they give like first, second, and third for each age group. Mike is in the think the 45 to 49 year old age group i'm not positive but he was fourth and the guy who was third is a dude named matt smith who is an ass kicker um and i don't know if he was i don't know what happened to smith because uh he's in his strength is his running um 
I'm looking at his running time. Mike was had a better run than Matt Smith, and that's saying something. So I don't know what happened to Matt. Maybe he had an issue or something. I know it, was, it got a little warm out there for our uh, for our athletes, and that can uh, that can wreck you. Uh, but Mike, I was looking at his times, uh, the splits on the run. There was only one moment where the heat got to him where he said, "All right, I need to take a break." St- uh, still, despite a huge uh, slowdown at one point in the race, not for that long. Uh, there, I, I have nothing negative to say about him. There, there's nothing to, to, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and bash the guy for no particular reason when he's actually done very, very well. Now, you know, I'm taking him on in the half marathon, October 17th, but, uh, Mike now is taking a well-deserved rest because after the swim, which he says he wasn't happy with, and then the bike looked pretty good. I think he was over 21 miles an hour, maybe even 22 for that, uh, 55 mile bike ride. His half marathon, he was under eight minutes, 7.57 a mile, which is pretty damn good. And there was one moment, and he slowed way down. So I can just imagine if uh, if he was able to um, sidestep the uh, issue that caused that slowdown, he would have been, uh, hell, quite a bit faster. That is a real... Uh, you, you have to understand, doing that length of a race, there's a lot of chemistry involved in that. It's about fuel. You have to be very, very smart with the calories in and the salt intake in particular. Okay? Because when you're losing that much sweat on a hot day, uh, leaving your body is sodium, uh, potassium, and other electrolytes. And all these little things do in a microscopic level is they help muscle contraction. So you're working for five and a half, six hours or whatever. And um, you need those um, electrolytes for the muscles to fire. And the second you're, they're depleted, you cramp. And that's it. That's the end of the day for you. As soon as you cramp, oh, boy. And on a hot day in particular, you have to be on top of this. So all the training you do leading up to it, especially some of these new uh, first-time triathletes, if they have not ever experimented, make sure that they take the appropriate amount of salt you're fucked because the second you get off the bike, you're like, oh, man, I'm doing great. You take one step and then, oh, my God, your legs lock up. Oh, my God, I've been there. So you have to stay on top of it. And like clockwork, while you're um, on the bike, you have to make sure you're consuming um, calories and salt. By the time you get done with the race, your jersey, your, your uh, uh, um, slinglet or singlet, how, what do they call it, a singlet? The, uh, the shirt is has white all around it. It looks like somebody jizzed all over your shirt because you've all the salt has uh, left uh, through your sweat, and it's just dried on, on, on your gear. It's, it's really crazy. So that gives you an idea of what's happening. These salt tabs are 80 milligrams each. That's about, uh, if you were to get a snack size bag of chips, that's like a bag of chips. And you... Um, need one of those every half hour on a hot day. So it's not out of the question on a race of this length to take 30, 40, 50 salt tabs. Like no shit. My God. So if you don't have that down, you will cramp and that's going to be a problem. I have no idea if that's what happened to him, but that just gives you an idea of what, what goes into these crazy ass races. Holy shit. Not to mention all the calories you need. Ugh. This is a huge undertaking. Real pain in the ass. 
But holy shit, did he crush it. Just over five hours. That's got to be the, his fastest time in this race. He's getting older and getting faster, so I'm fucked. Okay? We are uh, just over 16 weeks away from the Grand Rapids Triathlon. In fact, my, uh, my actual training schedule is a 16-week training schedule, and it doesn't begin till next uh, Sunday. So this coming Sunday or Monday, something like that. I don't know. I got to look at that. I got it written down here. The 27th of June, start half marathon training. There it is. Actually, one week from today is my first workout of the 16-weeker. Ball is now taking some well-deserved time off. Going to Hawaii with his family. No training. This gives your old pal Eric a window of opportunity. Not much. Uh, I talked about this with Mike on the podcast Friday. There is very little chance I have what it takes to catch his ass. But we'll try. Fundraising effort for the AT Children's Project. More on that hopefully this week. I'm waiting to hear from uh, Jennifer over at the AT Children's Project about how we're going to set this up. It's, it's pretty much going to be a fundraising page, a spot online that I say, hey, go to the – or you can text a, don- a, a donation. And for the October 17th race – you're going to place a bet, and the bet is going to be a $25 donation to the AT Children's Project, Deadly Children's Disease, uh, which uh, there's a long, rich history of this show being involved with that. So uh, I want to raise $1,000. I don't think that's – I always set my sights low, okay? That would be awesome and fun. Okay, so $25, you're going to place a bet, either Mike or me. Who's going to win the race? You're then going to, um, there's a spot on the website where you make the donation where you can, like, leave comments. And most people write, uh, beat AT, uh, uh, you have my support. You're going to put a time, like how much time Mike is going to beat me by or how much I'm going to beat him by, depending on if you're crazy or not. So it would be like, uh, I pick Mike Ball eight minutes. Whoever picks the winner and the time is closest to the actual time margin of victory wins. What do you win? I have no clue. But we'll come up with something. Who gives a shit? The point is bragging rights and to raise money for the children's charity. So this is a fun way we're going to do it. It's 17 weeks away. Okay. So way to go, Mike. Back to the Father's Day extravaganza. Just little nuanced things that happen that are worth talking about now. First things first. Where my dad lives, some guy has decided he is going to make their street, which is just a residential street, side street, houses, cars in the street, whatever. His own racetrack. Do you have that guy in your neighborhood who, yeah, this is my spot where I am going to drive as fast as possible all the time. And then take this step further. Not only does that person drive like an asshole in the neighborhood, but he has like 
a uh, a recreational like a like a ATV. In this case, it's a four wheeler, and it's loud, and it's fast, and he is has uh, a pair of cutoffs on, no shoes, no socks, no shirt, greasy ass hair, and he's just into the gas, going a million miles an hour up and down the street. <laughs> Gets to the end of the street, turns around, comes back at a million miles an hour. And we're in the front yard. We're, we're in the yard with the, the getting ready to eat. What? Huh? What's going on? And it's just obnoxious. And everybody there wants to kick his ass. Do you have that guy in your neighborhood? So we're having a debate. What do we do? We want this guy to stop. First of all, who the fuck would do that? What, what is wrong with people? I mean, to me, that's really telling. You have that asshole. I would, I would be, um, uh, I would, I would never dream of doing anything like that in my neighborhood. Racing down the street is probably kids uh, at each and every, uh, every, every, every other house. I mean, just, just the idea that you don't give a shit about your neighbors and you have that on display, and and you don't give a shit that they see you. That's bullshit. That's horrible. So my dad's getting more and more pissed. And he goes, I will take care of this. And he gets up and he grabs this big fucking stick. He, uh, you ever see Walking Tall with Buford Pusser? He used to beat the shit out of everybody with a big oak stick. That's what this is. He walks with this cane. He looks like Gandalf. And uh, he gets up and he starts going to the road. And the guy's racing up and down. And my dad is gonna it's he's gonna it's let's get it on i'm like hey dad no no come on and he's not stopping it's like uh-oh and uh we've got seconds before he's gonna get to the road and wave the stick at the guy and uh by the grace of god the only remember he said i will always be eating food i love to eat all food i go dad the food's ready. We're eating. You got to sit down now. Now, you know, my dad has dementia. And, uh, you know, things sometimes don't work the way they're supposed to. So he's hell, hell set. Hell, hell set. No one says hell set. He's, uh, what do you say? Hell bent? Whatever. And uh, uh, picking a fight with this guy. Dad. And then all we got to do is say, food. Dad, the food is ready. It's on the table. It's waiting for you, Dad. He stops. Turns around, comes back. Thank God. Thank God. Because if this idiot would have done anything weird, it would have turned into a big fight. And my dad, I mean, seriously, this would have been ugly. Problem avoided. Um, so there's that. He was extremely grateful, loved us all up. It was awesome. We did have a couple of moments, though, with the Queen of the Forest where I was like, wait, wait, what? What are you doing? Okay. Now, do you have this scenario ever? You're in a group of people. Now, when you're with family, interrupting happens all the time. But I'm trying to focus on whoever is talking and trying not to get get uh, distracted by all of the interruptions. You don't see these people that often. Give them your attention. And for God's sake, don't look at your phone when they're telling you a story. My poor brother, 
is telling a story. It was uh, religious in nature. It was about, you know, I was wondering, you know, like every every time you get together, there's always got to be somebody who tells you a, mo- a, a story that makes you want to cry. Well, this is his moment. He's telling us a story about uh, there was a moment in his life when his, his son uh, was born and the kid had a bad ticker or something like that and there was bad things happening and and uh, Jim uh, had a, had said a prayer about uh, about God, please uh, cure my son or something like that. Save him, put his hands on him. And and uh, Jim is telling this story. The kid was fine. Uh, Jim was telling this story. And in the story, he's telling us about how he told it to a priest. And the priest said, oh, my God, I need to write this down. I always write these miracle stories down. I need to. So Jim's telling the story. So this is pretty heavy shit. So I'm sitting there looking at him. And uh, he's telling it to the group. So you got uh, even the NFK's paying it. Everybody's paying attention. And then guess who's not? Yeah, that's right. Queen of the forest. She's looking at her fucking phone. She's thumbing through Facebook and this and that. And, I, and I'm like, this is so unbelievably rude. And what could what you're as bad as the idiot driving the four-wheeler down the it's so inconsiderate you what the fuck how can you at 50 whatever years old this this poor guy's telling a story you don't see him that often and you're looking at your fucking phone fuck what would you do i'm standing right next to her and she's seated so um, I'm embarrassed. If I not Jerry, like, hey, put your phone away. You run the risk of someone seeing that, and then it'll she'll be embarrassed, and she'll get mad at you, Eric. But you got to do it. Would you do that? I mean, I, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, hey, come on. Put your fuck, stop looking at your fucking phone. Whatever you're doing, you're all you're saying there, that is a nonverbal thing saying, yeah, your story that is very important to you is so GD boring. You might as well have a sign that says, fuck you. I'm looking at my phone. Fuck you. This is boring. If you're any asshole who, when someone is talking, you're sitting there looking at your phone. Oh, oh, oh fuck it. I gotta see what so and so's doing. <laughs> you're an asshole. So, I touch her shoulder. She looks up at me, and I give her the look. I go, put your phone away. Put your phone away. No one really notices that I did that. So I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then she's, you know what? But now at this point, you, but the problem is I'm not dealing with a normal person. Normal people, they then put the phone down like, oopsie. And they just, hmm. And then no one notices. Making sure she's not behind me. No one notices. And you just continue on and they just, yeah, thank you, husband. Thank you, husband, for uh, this, uh, keeping me away from this. Stupid social uh, faux pas of uh, telling my storyteller in front of me, your brother, Jim, to fuck off by uh, give it, looking at my phone. I don't care what the hell is going on in the world. It can wait. 
Does she just put the phone down? No. Uh, Passive aggressive, then aggressive aggressive, then verbalizing. I'm looking for something. And she gives me the fucking finger. She goes, fuck you. And I'm like, fuck me. Fuck you. What the fuck are you talking about? Fuck me. Fuck you. And everybody sees it. So now they all get it. They all now we have an now we have an even bigger problem. Now you've made it even worse. Gotta discuss this. I can't I can't do all of this and not give her a chance to explain what's going on. And she's gonna need to apologize to me. I need a full on apology. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, did you have a good uh, day yesterday? I did. Did you enjoy all that? I did. I think every, nice. I think everybody really got a kick out of the food and uh and I think I, too. I think it was great. I mean, my god. I mean, I, I was just explaining to the audience about falling asleep on the way home. That was bad. That was bad. I know. I feel bad that you had to do all that work for, and it was Father's Day. No, I love that. Like I was telling the audience, I I enjoy that type of thing. Okay, good. However, however, oh no. What uh, what do you think is on my mind? Uh, I don't know. It's one one particular moment. Oh, and Benny? No, not Benny. I'll get to that later. Uh, does it have to do with me? Yes, it does. Uh, when I told my nephew he looked like Screech? No, that's that's later on, too. I'll get to that story later. That's just a great story. Uh, hmm. Okay. Jim, my brother, was telling a very sweet story, heartfelt uh, uh, he, he, you know, he really enjoyed telling it about when his son was sick and he said a prayer and the kid pulled out of the illness and, and he talked to the priest. There was all sorts of uh, heavy duty shit in that story. I looked down mm-hmm. and what, and what were you doing? I was looking something up on my phone. So I made the decision that I needed to get your attention. So you would stop doing that. I did. And then Uh you, rather than just put down the phone, gave me so much shit right there. You absolutely did. You made a huge big deal out of it and gave me the finger. I did not give you the finger. Yes, you did give me the finger. (laughs) And then you gave me the finger again later on when it came to uh, getting, uh, when I I, I got on you about losing Benny. You kept giving me the fucking finger. I did not. I did not at that moment. I did not. Maybe later on when you kept giving me a hard time, but I didn't give you a finger at that moment. All right. Maybe I'm combining that. Listen, listen to me. Why? Why? When someone is talking, what would possess you to look at your phone? I was at my phone first before he started that story. It doesn't matter. I was doing. It doesn't matter. It is a huge issue in the world today. It is, you might as well just look at the person in the face and say, fuck you, you're boring. Mm. It's a horrible, horrible faux pas. 
Now, I do it too. I do do it. I do do this. But you do it more. Well, I will work on that then. I will, I will be more cognizant of that. And then, and then, the fact that uh-huh. I bring it up and you're like, <laughs> I mean, then that's when people noticed. No one noticed when I gently tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, knock it off. Mm. My gosh. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, here it is Father's Day, and I, I got to contend with you be getting all pissed off at me. <laughs> but you, it was a wonderful day all in all, was it not? Were you worried about my dad picking that fight with the guy on the uh, four-wheeler? Well, he was determined to do that. Yeah, it uh, I think. It was How a, did we distract him from doing that? I told him it was time to take his medicine. No, I, I told him food. I said, it's time to oh. eat. And he goes, oh, okay, guy. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to, right. I just, I just wanted to air oh, that. I apologize. Gr- I don't remember doing it, but I apologize if I did. Maybe it was just a heat at the moment. Then. It's a redhead thing. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just be. your hair. Yeah. What an asshole. All right. Okay. I love all you. right, honey. Okay. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, that's better. I'm not so butthurt now. My uh, nephew, Zach, he's 17. God, he's at that stage in his life where every time you see him, a new biological, a, a, a new change has happened to him. First of all, he's grown unbelievably tall. Everybody in my family is short. I take it back. My brothers, Mike and Paul, regular Mike and push-up Paul. They're only half siblings. Uh, they're both over six foot, like six foot two, six foot one. So there is some degree of tall influence on the family. Zach, I see this kid a week ago. He's five foot tall. Uh, now he's six foot tall. The queen of the forest, though, steps in it again. Uh, Zach did not get the reference. But everybody else did. Um, Queen of the forest says, you know, you remind me of someone famous who was on TV. I'm there. And uh, my brother, Jim, and his wife, Sandy, that's Zach's mother and father. World book, Jim. Like, oh, oh, I want... And she goes, yeah, you look just like, uh, what? Screech. And they go, what? That's not good. Screech, you know, the fucking dork. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, uh, hey. That's that's, uh, better off left unsaid. You don't want to say, yeah, you you don't don't, want to say uh, someone looks like someone... Who's a ugly asshole dork? Dustin Diamond, you know the dead guy. He just died. Yeah, you're. Hey Zach. Hey Zach, you look. I I, I was like, yeah. Why don't you say, hey? Oh my God, you look just like Yoda. You might as well just say you're an ugly fuck. And she goes, no. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I go, yeah. You said he looks like Screech. What the, what what else is there? You can't talk your way out of it. You just said your nephew. Looks like an ugly uh, guy in uh, on a TV show. 
problem number two. Problem number three. I'm in the camper getting shit ready, and I have three dogs with me. We brought four. Diana says, oh, I'm going to take Benny out. Benny, the one-eyed wonder dog, goes wandering out with her. Uh, five minutes later, I come out of the camper. I've got all the food getting ready to cook. And I, I'm, the first thing I do is I'm looking, where's the dog? Where's the dog? And there's no dog over there as I'm approaching the group. And I'm like, where's Benny? And they, I see all these heads turning like, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. Then it goes, I don't know. I go, you fuck. You, you, you told me we're in a strange area. You can't, you're, you're, you're watching them. I mean, Benny is all, always fucking freaked out all the damn time. Where, where is he? He's, he's in the road. You know, the one where the guy's ripping down a million miles an hour, and he's just standing in the road with his one eye. Oh, oh my God, I'm lost. And then uh, I hear, uh, and then Sandy, my uh, sister-in-law, goes, Benny, and Benny thinks he's in trouble. He lays down in the road on his back, paws up. Like, I'm in so much trouble. It's like, no, come on, then. And I, I go walking up to Diane, and I go, one job. You had one job. Now, let me tell you something. When you drop the you had one job, that's a game. That's a game ender. That's that is the fight is on. If you give somebody they had one job, they're going to give you so much shit in defense, uh, in, a, in a defensive pos- posture. And that's exactly what she did. So I got the middle finger. You fuck you. Like, don't give me attitude. Are you serious? You had one job. Dog's fine. Everything worked out. I know I bitch. But those are all things that actually happen. Can you relate to any of that? Have you been on the receiving end uh, or witnessed or maybe even uh, been on the giving end of any of that? All right. You can hire me on Cameo, Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Thank you so much. If you've done that in the past, just remember it. That's why I, that's why I remind you whenever I can, C-A-M-E-O, Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. If you want to send a personalized greeting to someone, maybe you're getting it for yourself. I've had people say, hey, Zane, I need a kick in the ass. Can you give me a pep talk? I've done that. Uh, I've done it for young people, old people. You can tailor the message, whatever you want. In fact, I just did the uh, one for Michelle, uh, Adam and Houghton Lakes, better half. And uh, he said, do not be vulgar. Do not be gross. Do not swear a bunch. You can do that. Give me all the details. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane for a personal shout out. It's just $15.99. I don't make a ton of cash on this. I hardly make any. I'm one of the cheapest people on the entire platform, but I will tell you this. I'm better than every single person on that fucking thing. Oh, do they suck? What a ripoff. Magic Johnson just got out of Hey, it's me, Magic. $1,000. You got to pay him $1,000 for one of those. Oh, my God. Now, it's Magic, so that's cool. But who the fuck would do that? $1,000? All right. Uh, Rick from TC Paintball is a pain in the ass. And he's reminding you that if the kids are looking for something fun to do, consider TC Paintball in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is especially awesome if you've got the kind of kid who just sits around the house way too much, especially during the summer. 
way too much time playing video games. And you're like, God, go out and do something. Uh, drop off the gang at TC Paintball. Uh, especially for the kid who plays the first-person shooter video games because it's going to be like, hey, you're in a real-life video game, and they are going to love it. There is a little league every Wednesday for new players and young players. Uh, more information at tcpaintballgr.com. Book a party at TC Paintball. We have one coming up Sunday, August 8th, 5 p.m. I am now putting the word out that I'm going to need the RSVPs. Uh, there was a time when Rick toyed with the idea where it would be super easy for people to pay in advance with a link, but he gave up on that because he's spending all his time trying to uh, call me out and be a jackass. So we have to do it the old-fashioned way. You have to send me an RSVP. If you want to do paintball, August 8th, Sunday, 5 p.m., BC Pizza Party, before we get started, and then all the paint glory outside. Uh, it's going to cost you 35 bucks, regularly 48 Send me an email, eric at ericsangio.com. Gather up as many people as you want. I still have my sights set on 30, 30 people doing paintball with us. We've got the time. Eric at ericsangio.com. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. If this is something that uh, you're thinking, ah, you know what? Maybe now is the time. Just allow Mario to enter the conversation. You may have someone that you've used in the past. He gets that. By all means, explore that. Just give Mario a phone call and a little bit of your time and see what he can do for you. Explain to him, to him your scenario, what you'd like to do, and, and then basically let him do his thing. The thing that sets him apart from everybody else. 231-332-6505. You have to experience this for yourself. And he can serve his mortgages anywhere in the U.S. With the exception of Maine, South Carolina, Hawaii, and Alaska. If you're in the market for a mortgage, whether it be uh, your first mortgage or your 10th mortgage or a refi, whatever it may be. If your credit score is awesome or if your credit score stinks, it doesn't matter. Reach out to Mario, NMLS number 3035. Um, I noticed that Stu McAllister on his Patreon uh, hold on a second here. Facebook feed is dead. YouTube feed is dead. What happened? Call Diana. Hey, what's going on? What are people complaining about? Uh, it says that you're down on YouTube and Facebook. Down on YouTube and Facebook. Well, that's weird. I wonder if Jason Mays has any, any info. Yeah. Okay, see ya. Okay, now what I'm curious about is how are you guys able to weigh in on Facebook and YouTube with comments if it's down? All right. Let me uh, restart this whole thing. Okay. Let me know if this works. I'll be keeping my eye on the comments. 
That's strange. I didn't do anything. I've been focused solely on this uh, on these stories. So that's very, very strange to me that that would happen. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll let you guys take a look at it, and hopefully it comes back. Okay. It appears to be back. I have no idea uh, uh, what went on there. So I think I was only... Um, no, I didn't do anything. I did nothing. Dogs haven't moved. And I don't think uh, I missed. I just happened to look at the comments, so thank God I did. Welcome back to each, each and every one of you. I uh, was checking Stu McAllister out. He did his uh, Patreon uh, uh, the other day, and uh, in it, he talked about the guy who owns and runs Dippin' Dots, I guess. Stu, of course, delivers Dippin' Dots. And he even sent me a uh, a link about this story. Now, for those of you on the live stream, I'm going to share my screen with you. So that if you're... If, um, if anyone in the world is going to be the type of guy who um, has dirty pictures of a former significant other and he's pissed off at uh, where the relationship has gone and is then threatening to um, show the world those photos, it would be this guy right here. Okay? He would look like this. Okay, now this is the girl in question. This douchebag has uh, home porno with this chick. And he's pissed off about something. They're no longer together. And he's playing dirty pool by, like, sending the pictures of her uh, uh, having sex with him to, like, her mom and to whoever else wants to see it. Problem with that is this is illegal. You hear the term revenge porn, but take a look at this dude. Of course, this guy is going to be doing that. Look at him. This is what a person who would do something like that would look like. The V-neck. Oh, shit. Son of a bitch. Now I'm showing you my email for some reason. Where did I? Hold on a second here. That's not it either. There it is. The V-neck uh, T-shirt, the gold chain outside of it. A suit coat, the cigar, I don't know. He's the whole package to me. This just screams douchebag. If you uh, show up anywhere and there's someone who you're talking to who looks like this, you, I mean, that's that's the, the douche chills right away. Just in the way people look. You do, I, I do that all the time. I see people I'm like, huh. Like, uh, there's a commercial going around right now for some guy who is uh, – telling you to get solar panels installed on your home 
Have you seen it? It's the guy who's uh, in the commercial. He's walking down the street and like everybody's behind him and they're they're playing We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. He goes, come on, join the the solar power team. And he's like, we're not gonna take it. Say fuck you to the power company and get solar panels. Like, fuck, this guy is a dirty, dirty fucking douchebag. Anybody who looks like you I don't know what it is. And they have no idea. They have no self-awareness. They always think, yeah, I'm, I'm great. It's always a dude who looks like that or this. It's all right. This guy uh, is in deep shit. This is Mr. Dippin' Dots. The head of the Dippin' Dots ice cream empire dished out a cold serving of revenge porn to his ex, sending private sexual images of her to multiple people, including her own mother, in this lawsuit. The guy's name is Scott Fisher. This guy says, ah, fuck it. It's just somebody wanting money. And suggested uh, that this chick, Amanda Brown, is... uh, is holding his dog hostage, a chihuahua, till she gets what she wants, according to court papers. Uh, Brown, the girl, was apparently the first to fire a legal salvo in the ex-lover's messy legal battle, alleging that the, that the uh, uh, guy who runs Dippin' Dots would threaten to withhold money from her unless she gave him X-rated pictures. And then he tried to use the pics as blackmail to keep her in line, according to the suit. Fuck you. You're not a good person. Uh, Dude wrote to the chick on January 14th. I just sent you the pics by text that I'm about to send out. You will see what my revenge will do. Now, if you're trying to defend yourself from sending revenge porn... Okay, Uh, you probably don't want to use words like you will see what my revenge will do. You're actually he actually used the word revenge while denying that he did not engage in posting revenge porn. And he's got the text. She's got the text to prove it from him. I mean, seriously, why? Why would you if your words are, are, are set or written in concrete like this is. I pretty much going to lose that on the same day uh, on the same date douchebag delivered to check a communication, including several private sexual images of herself. So like he's sending pictures of her to her saying, yep, I sent everyone this. I told you I'll make sure I hurt you in every way I can. Oh boy. Uh, Fisher. Scott Fisher from Dippin' Dots even sent them, quote, to perhaps the most traumatizing audience imaginable, Amanda's mother. Oh, my God. <sighs> Fisher's delivery was accompanied by a, menace, by a menacing instruction to Amanda's mother. So the mom opens up the... Uh, uh, text message and it's uh you know one of those horrible images that you're like wait a minute whose butthole is this oh my god it's my daughter oh my god 
And uh, dude wrote, hey, uh, mom, I'm sending this out tomorrow. Then I'm going to file a petition for the dog. Fisher's lawyers have fought to have the case sealed. Saying, oh, yeah, if anybody, it's all unnecessary information. Nobody needs to see that. No, I think everybody needs to see that, you fucking idiot. Um, they're saying, yeah, this is just an attempt to extort Fisher. Uh, when the defendant ended the relationship, plaintiff, uh, absconded with a car owned by a defendant as well as defendant's dog and moved to Tennessee. Fisher sued Brown in Tennessee in April, seeking return of the car and the dog, but she has been of uh, avoiding service of the lawsuit. Uh, this dude's worth tons of cash he, i didn't realize this guy was an undercover boss once um so there you go the the chick is a traveling nurse says the pair began a two-year relationship in early 2019 and adds that fisher an oklahoma resident acted like a drunken lout throughout much of it court papers show they use the word lout she claims in her suit she has suffered emotional and verbal abuse and is seeking unspecified damages. Well, I 100% believe, believe all of that. I believe her. I believe I don't believe him. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, bummer. I mean, here we got Stu McAllister, the guy who, for the longest time, uh, you know, first of all, he can't es- uh, escape Dippin' Dots. The only uh, uh, type of success he's had in the world in employment has been with Dippin' Dots. And here he works for this greasy, greasy fuck. And Stu is pretty woke. Exactly. Burn it down, Stu. Burn the whole thing down. Big one. How is it, as we are on the podcast, that of uh, here, here you finally are starting to get some momentum on the job front? Yeah, yeah. And the guy who you're making money for is a fucking animal. Huge scumbag. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't find it. I found out about this. Your boss, Scott Fisher, is a complete piece of shit. I found this out Dude. from you. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy, right? I had multiple people send me that article. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is big. This is really, really big, Stu. My God. It is? It's awful, man. The uh, I I on the uh, the article you sent me, this guy looks like such a fucking douche, you know. He's got a punchable face. Very punchable face. very punchable face. What a fucking scumbag. <laughs> what do you? Th- I don't know what his qualifications are to be a CEO of a company. I mean, what do you think they are? Uh, the qualifications are wears white V-neck T-shirts with a suit coat. <laughs> Yeah. With a douchebag chain smoking a cigar. Yeah, you know, I mean, what a what a scumbag. I I hope that um, in the in just so that the company shuts down, I hope that someone throws a load of botulism into the Dippin' Dots batch. <laughs> so that sure. or sure. You know, plague, you know, plague. So that we have the next pandemic is plague. Caused by Dippin' Dots, so that this guy can go out. Well, I, I guess I'm headed down to Paducah, Kentucky, and see what I can do. 
Have you ever laid eyes on Scott Fisher when you were picking up a load of dots? <laughs> no, I will never see uh, Scott Fisher ever, so no. Is there any concern, Stu, that you hating Scott Fisher, your boss, and telling everybody to, to uh, that he's an asshole might get back to him on the Elemento podcast? Uh, well, I destroyed him last night on the Patreon, okay, so good. whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck this get, guy. Maybe, yeah, fuck him, man. I, uh... What revenge porn to me is on the same level. To be perfectly honest, it's like rape. Oh yes, absolutely. Because, it, and because it's just if he posts up on the internet, it's there like forever, forever. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And that, you know, you, you've just betrayed, like, trust, intimate trust yeah. that you have with the human being. How could a woman, any other future woman, have anything to do with this guy? Yeah, it it it's uh, it would be sad if that happened, but unfortunately, that is going to happen because he's got money. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's loaded, and some chicks don't care. Whatever. I want to say for the record, when it comes to the product Dippin' Dot, Dippin' yeah. Dots, I am going to tell you right now that I am not going to stop eating it. <laughs> I can't blame you. It's pretty good, man. Yeah, I. Uh, this is not enough to make me ever stop eating that product. It's great. It's so fucking great. I love Dippin' Dots so much. So I will say this guy is a piece of shit, and I am going to give him more money. (laughs) That's how it works sometimes. Are you going to feel guilty about it? No, absolutely not. It is not my fucking... You can't... You'd have to attack my taste buds. You're going to have to take it up with them. It is above my pay, pay grade. I don't yeah. have I can't I can't order my taste buds in my brain to do those things. So anybody who has a problem with that can suck my dick. Is he going to get fired? No. No, it's his company. <laughs> he, you know, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Is this a publicly traded company? I oh boy, you I don't know, think so. I don't think I, it is. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't think so, man. So I, I don't know. It, it all sucks. Uh, he's just another uh, rich white douchebag who's probably going to get away with some nonsense. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. And you're, you said you're going to Kentucky right now? No, I will. When I'm done with work, I'll start heading towards Paducah. Oh, you were just being a smartass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now I'm in Rose City. You know where that is? Oh, yeah. I know where Rose <laughs> City is. Holy shit. Burn it down. I'm gonna burn it down. I'm burning it all down. Yeah, unbelievable. Why? It's it's crazy. Dippin' Dots is uh, it's it's in so many faraway places. I mean, it's like they they have two options for getting the product there: uh, a stew or drop in with a parachute, like from thir- yep. like a third world country. You know? Yeah, drones. <laughs> My God. Okay. Well, be safe, Stu. I don't. I mean, it's oh, yeah. uh, you know been a little weird weather lately. Okay. Oh, it, it is uh, cold and gray and rainy. It sucks. Okay, I'm about to get into my story about my first quinceanera. Really? Are, All you, right, are, man. You, are you aware what a quinceanera is? 
that is like the coming of women in the Mexican culture, correct? Well, I don't know if I'd say the coming of women. Uh, well, isn't it kind of like the transformation from a girl to a, a woman? Yeah, but you can't say the coming of women. No, <laughs> no one, no one says it like that. They just say it's. I what, just did say. Hey, hey, happy quinceanera! You're a coming of women. <laughs> I didn't say coming on women. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, very All good, right, Stu. Have a good one. Get out of here. Uh, All right, brother. We'll see you later. Get the Bye. fuck out of here. All right. See ya. God. This guy. What a douche. All right. I'll get to that story a little bit later on. Business owners, I recommend you call me when you want someone to talk about your business. What, what, like, saying, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, you know, I do this free podcast every day, and I'm not doing it because, you know, I'm just bored. This is how I make my living. And I take little spots of time, and I say, hey, go to TC Paintball. That's advertising. It's marketing. It's radio. That's what I did forever. But truth be told, I never sold a damn thing until I started doing this podcast. So my point is, if you reach out to me, you can get behind in, uh, in front of this audience that listens to this stupid show. Rob, Blue State Rob says, it's not the best, but it's still better than radio. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's about the tenth of the cost, just as much reach. Uh, radio is, unfortunately... Uh, dwindling an audience because of, well, just various things that are uh, occupying the consumer's time more and more. Uh, hell, podcasts and YouTube videos are part of that uh, equation. Uh, podcast audiences grow more and more as the weeks pass. Uh, I am fortunate to have that uh, um, type of growth. So I would love you to be able to talk about, uh, have me talk about your business on this show. Just send me an email, eric at ericzaneshow.com, and I will tell you how it works. Speaking of quinceanera, Joe Martinez has hosted, I don't know if he's hosted a quinceanera. Wait, yeah, I guess you would have. Maybe I should get him on to talk about the quinceanera. Uh, he is the owner and operator of A&E Heating and Cooling. 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. If you have any issues with your air conditioning, your furnace, this is who you call. It could be an after-hour service call. Yes, that will be a little bit more, but, you know, when you got to, when the guy has to get up at 9 p.m. at night, Four Dos Equis into the evening, you you know, it's going to 125 bucks just to get them to the door. Uh, that's just one thing that you need to know, that if there is a problem, he can help you. If you are in West Michigan, this is for you. Perhaps you don't have AC, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get air conditioning installed. Have Joe do it. However, call upon a couple other places and get an estimate. Doesn't matter who. You pick. Have Joe be the third. Don't tell him you got the other two estimates. And then when he says, all right, I'll do it for this much. Uh, more often than not, his price is going to be the cheapest. If it's not, say, well, you need to be cheaper than this guy if you want my business. I want to support you, but I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay that. 
He's going to go, all right. And then make sure you tell him Eric Zane told you to say all that shit. 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. Installing the Comfort Maker brand of air conditioners and furnaces. Hello to my friends at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. 616-532-6600 for them. An amazing group of people at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. If you are in West Michigan, call upon them to get your vehicle repaired. Okay? Irvine's.com is their website. E-R-V-I-N-E-S. Irvine's.com is their website. In fact, let's do this. Excuse me. E-R-V-I-N-E-S.com. All right. If you look. First of all, look at this handsome gentleman. He's happy as can be, working on the car. Whatever this thing is here, that's that's helping him do his thing. I have no idea what that is. Is that like some hydraulic thing? I've, I'm just not sure. ASE Certified Expert Technicians. That's uh, extremely important. Jamie, Auto Care Association's Female Shop Owner of the Year. Look at her. I'm so happy. Look at Megan. Oh, my God. She's an award winner, too. Auto Care Association's Impact for the Future Award winner. I don't know what that means, but that sounds good. Poor Eric. He doesn't get an award. Here's the place. Look at that. You see this spot right here where it says, For Your Convenience? Drop-off entrance. You, like, throw your keys in there. You can leave it after hours. And then that's and then uh, when you go to pick it up, you open this thing right here, and there's a lockbox, and they give you a code. You hit the code, you can pick it up after hours. One of my favorite things, though, is at the top here. Grand Rapids Auto Repair is what what it says, and then it's it's not that big, but it's right at the top. It says 366 reviews, five star average. Holy shit! Look at all these. This person, Jen. On the 16th of June, wrote, wonderful experience out of four places called Monday morning. They were the only ones that could get to my vehicle that week. Having an accessible vehicle due to my daughter being wheelchair bound, I can't be without it for long periods. Megan was easy to talk with and got, and she got me on the books for that day, telling me up front she could only guarantee it back to me by Wednesday. Not a problem. They are on the high end of normal repair costs and their diagnostic fee is added on to the final cost. Not part of it, which was a surprise to me. I loved how we could do everything online by phone, and the lockbox made it easy to get my vehicle back a day ahead of schedule. Just all sorts of amazing reviews. That's awesome. Well done. That's how you build a business. All right. Who's this dude? Uh, N says, quinceanera, when it's time for a Latino teenager to move the hell out of your house. What? All right. Joe, listen up. You're going to love this. Um, actually, I'm not going to get into that right now. 
No, yes, I am. Sorry. I can't get my head together. Ton of limo work over the weekend. I did. One, two. I was involved with three weddings. Friday was a wedding, and then Saturday it was quinceanera and bachelorette party, two weddings, all on Saturday. The quinceanera goes like this. The idea is I'm going to show up, pick up the kids, go to a spot where a photographer is going to take pictures. I've heard the term quinceanera, quinceanera, but I don't know what it is. I'm in a community south of Holland, Michigan, called Fenville. 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 Following the directions. I make a right-hand turn into this residence. And I'm like, okay, uh, just prior to that, I get a phone call from a dude. His name is Dot. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a, that's not a Mexican name, Dot. Well, it turns out that uh, this family, this extended family, is Vietnamese and Mexican. Like half the people are Mexican, half the people are Vietnamese. Okay. Dot calls me up. He's like, hey, man, you coming here for the quinta? I go, yeah, I'll be right there, Dot. I'm your driver. I'm Eric. Do you have any problem getting here? Go, nope. I'm just following the directions on the map. Should be no problem. I'll see you in like two minutes. I'll make a right-hand turn into this residence. And it is a shithole. Okay? Fucking dump. Pothole. Huge pond in this in the road leading up to the... He goes, yeah, it's all the way back. It's all the way back. So... I've got this nine-passenger Lincoln limousine. And I'm, I'm going through like these giant puddles because it had just rained. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get the car all dirty, son of a bitch. Fucking, I'm thinking to myself, these customers, they just scrape together their a handful of cash somehow. Probably like five years worth of wages just to pay for this thing. And you know, it's going to be just a disaster. i got a terrible attitude. And, and quite literally... Uh, the front yard is full of shit. It's it's a stereotypical um, junk. Cars on blocks. There's just random shit everywhere. Lawn is not cut. It's just a mess. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And uh, I drive through the uh, front yard, and I follow around the back of the house, and then the road dead ends, and there's no people. And there's no one. I call dude up. Dot. Yeah. I'm here. He goes, no, you're not. I go, I go and so it, then I, it dawns on me. I am in the wrong location. This, this is a shithole. This is not where I need to be. I am wrong. Like, oh, my God. And so now I'm concerned that I'm going to have two barrels, a double barrel shotgun in the back of my head, and then don't move. You know, I'm worried. This is rough. Nowhere to turn around. I just put the thing in reverse. I'm driving, looking at the rear view camera. You know, they got the screen on the inside of the of the car. Holy shit! I don't. Uh, at, no one's home. I guess they were all in. They're all in prison or something. I have no idea, man. I got the fuck out of there. Like, holy shit! This is stupid. I've got. 
I got bad directions. Where are you? And then he says, we're the place with the statues in front by the gate. I'm like, statues? I go, okay, I'm definitely not in the right place. He goes, did you cross the railroad tracks? I go, I don't know. He goes, we're by the construction. I go, I don't know. I go, I'm at the family dollar. He goes, oh, pull into the family dollar. I'm going to come get you. Okay, great. I'm there. Dot pulls up. And uh, I go, okay, quinceanera. But then I'm like, what is going on? So then I eventually figured out you got merging of these two families. He leads me to this residence. And he's right. There's statues. And I, I am... I'm kind of thinking I might have stumbled upon. I'm not sure what this was, but let me just describe it to you. We get to the gate of the residence and someone opens this big gate and it's, it's like a game of Thrones. Okay. A huge gate. You, and then someone is like a guard is opening the gate. Someone who looks like he's getting ready to kick my ass. And like they ha- he has to get the hey, hey hey open it up we're here, what's going on here? Open up the gate. Dot drives in. I drive behind. They shut the gate behind me. I'm trapped, and now I'm in this this wonder world of really really expensive motorhomes, and it's like a piece. It's like a commune almost. It's like a community. There's a play. There's a ton of land, and I'm like what is, what is going on? Is this like the Biltmore Estates? And they're, and they're they're building a home. This huge home is being built. And then there's, there's just a, the whole road leading up is just is RVs. Like really expensive RVs. I'm like, what the fuck? And now I know this is a big, the quinceanera is a, is when I guess a 50, you, you either turn 15 or you, you turn 16, a girl. They don't do this for the boys. It's like your big uh, uh, transition to adulthood from young lady to, I don't know, tradition. I have no idea why they, why the age is what it is. So I'm like, holy shit. Now this is what I'm talking about. This is a, now this is going to be a party. So I'm like, what is going on here? So I, uh, I, I, I meander back and um, there's people everywhere. And all the dudes are wearing like, um, you ever see like, um, if you're like walking around uh, in Nashville, they wear those type of uh, uh, coats that have like rhinestone suit jackets and the big uh, multicolored pockets. And well, that's what all the dudes are wearing. They all look like they're in some kind of like a uh, hybrid gang slash mariachi band. And I'm like, wow, look at this. This is some culture here. And they got huge cowboy hats on. And then all the chicks are, are there. They're everybody's dressed up. I mean, this is a huge deal. Okay. And then you got like the barbecue. They got this grill charcoal terrible uh with that's probably the size of like a uh, a driveway a huge grill with which uh with what looks like to be 500 pounds of chicken on it and this is they're feeding a lot of people full bar kegs of beer tables and i'm like holy shit so uh i get out of the car and there's a bunch of young kids there. I'm guessing 10 to 12, maybe 8 to 12. And uh, while we're waiting for the passengers to get into the limousine, I'm like, hey, how's it going? And I'm just bullshitting with the kids. And they go, hey, that's, that's a big car. I'm like, yeah, you know, they ask me all sorts of dumb questions. 
And then uh, I said this. This is my first quinceanera. And then the one kid who looked like the leader of the gang, full of sass and snark, he says while rolling his eyes, yeah, this sure is going to be a fun quinceanera. He says it like the way I say it, like mocking me because I said it wrong. And then I, I, I pick up on that right away. The little fuck uh, says that about me. And I'm like, I said it wrong, didn't I? Did I, did I say it funny? And the little girl goes, it's a quinceanera. I go, oh, oh okay. So I got to say it like the way you say it. I have to say quinceanera. I have to, yetta, yetta. That's the key. So if I say quinceanera, that's apparently a problem. So this little bastard put it right in my face. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I look like a dick in front of these kids. And I actually said, I go, yeah, that's the way us gringos say it. And I kind of look at him like, shut up. Shut up, kid. All right. I have to transport six young people to a couple of destinations, get pictures. That's it. Bring them back. Game over. No big deal. They were so polite, so sweet, so awesome. Everything was great. These kids come out. There's a certain dress that you have to wear. It's a style of dress that a, a young person would wear at a quinceanera. 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 Okay. Quinceanera. They're, they're extravagant. This is a good example of a quinceanera dress. I will show this to you. In case you don't know. So that you're up to speed and we're all on the same page. I have three 15-year-old young ladies who need to get into the vehicle with a dress that is this size. And I am not making it up. Look at that. That is a classic quinceanera dress. I don't say dress. Why did I say dress? Classic quinceanera dress. Okay? Has this huge thing on the bottom. The kids can barely walk. Now, you need to know that these three young ladies, they're, uh, un- they're, they're wearing uh, boots like Gene Simmons. I'm not even making it up. For some reason, they wanted to wear that's the thing you wear because they did. And uh, these were all made by family members. Okay? And so th- these three are all related. They get in. This is a three, a three senera. So this is a huge party. And then they're all, they're, their cousins get in, too. So there's three boys, three girls. They're all related. They're going to take some pictures. I cannot believe they all fit inside of this vehicle. Here's the problem. The, the, the dresses have so much glitter on them that at the end of the day, when I was like, getting ready to go pick up my next uh, fare, not fare, my next customers, I'm not a cab, you wouldn't believe the amount of glitter inside of this vehicle. Oh, my God. And they, they said right, right, right away, they go, oh my God, there's got a ton of glitter. And, I, and I, it's my job to, hey, don't even worry about it. I go, hey, that's all right. That's what God made vacuums for. It's okay. Don't even worry about it. But I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. But, you know, all good. All good. I loved it. It was fantastic. So I got a, a little bit of a crash course as to what goes on at a quinceanera and that party goes on all the way through the night to like the morning to like the sun comes up 
That's what I was told by Dot. Uh, Kate says they don't normally purchase them from Amazon, those dresses. No, they don't, and they didn't. Uh, those were all made by, like, the family. They have, like, a dressmaking party. For, for like, two days, they, like, make the dresses. Chris says, next group thought you had a carload of strippers in there. Nick says, you'll be finding glitter for years. Might as well burn the car to the ground. Oh, you are not kidding. And then you know what else they did? Uh, part of the um, uh, photo taking was on the lakeshore. So we headed over to this community called uh, Saugatuck, Oval Beach. And uh, they went onto the beach. And then, you know what they didn't do before they got back into the car? It was shake those uh, Kiss Gene Simmons boots off. There was so much sand in there. Uh, luckily, uh, my house is on the way. And uh, I stopped, hooked up the vacuum, cleaned out the damn car, or else we would have been fucked. Uh, Jason says, pretty sure it's dat, not dot. No, he pronounced it dot, Jason. It was spelled dat, D-A-T, but he spelled it dot. I mean, he pronounced it dot. I said, he goes, hello, this is dot. I go, dot? Yes, dot. Okay, thank you, dot. I don't know. Whatever. What? I guess the bigger question is, why the fuck would you elaborate about something like that? That's not the fucking point. Find the fucking point of the story. How is it that I'm... It drives me crazy with you people. I mean, I I tell you a story, and you focus on the dumbest shit. Fuck! All right. Uh, Folks, we need to... uh, As I look at the comments on here, I, uh, I don't see Kenny. I don't see Kenny. Am I... Do you think, ladies and gentlemen, that I am still... In timeout. There was some real, real drama last week. You were all privy to it, all witness to it. I called Kenny a racist. Which I was totally kidding. You all know that. Everyone knows that. And he wrote, I don't want you to call me a racist. And I'm like, well, I I didn't. I mean, yes, I did, but you're not. And it was a joke. I think he may have left the group and maybe, I hope not. But I don't know what's going on. I think he is pissed. Come on, man. What is wrong? You got to be kidding me. I said I was sorry. He wrote to me. He goes, hey, man, I don't want to be called racist. I go, well, you're not. I, I'm sorry. But no one thinks that. No one thinks you're a racist. Do we think you're a whiny pain in the ass? Well, of course. You. Everybody's got uh, fucking Schaefer is the worst. I say stupid shit on Schaefer all the time. He's a fucking idiot. Rick, I beat the shit out of Rick from TC Paintball, that gutless asshole. I don't hear from those guys. Come on, Kenny. Dean, you don't help, you dickhead. Shut the fuck up, Dean. You can't drop, thank God, and who cares when I'm trying to bring him back to the pack. Shut the fuck up. Nick says, don't forget about beating the shit out of me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I beat the shit out of you too. Who cares? 
That, that We don't have to belabor the point. Jeez. Okay. Now Dean's, oh no, Dean's not going to get pissed. He's got rhino skin. He can take it. Dean says beat up on Kate too. What is she? Kate, I will fucking smack the hell out of your nose. Uh, she gave the emoji, whatever the thing you do when you go like this, your hands go up like, who cares? But don't do that, Kate. Melissa, who cares at this point? I care. Fucking knock it off, guys. We're all supposed to love each other here. The point is, Kate writes, everyone gets an ass kicking from you. Yes. Kate writes, fuck you, Dean and Eric. All right. That's enough of that. Okay. I clean out the car. Um, from that point, I had another pickup in Wayland, Michigan. A lady getting married. Uh, I think the one chick had heart eyes for your old pal, Eric. Because I dropped these eight women off. This is a bachelorette at a bar. They're just going to go in and get a shot. Knock, knock one back, and then they're going to get back in the car. We're going to drive around Waylon, and they're going to scream at people and sing WAP. And that's true, too. Side note about the song WAP, which that happened again. Group of women singing every single nasty word of that song as loud as they could in the limousine in, while I'm right there. If you were to flip that, okay, do it opposite, that would be 10 dudes singing a song called Wet Stiff Cock with a female 50-year-old driver. That would never happen. My point is, women are fucking pigs. They are beyond pigs. Women are absurdly rapey. If a go- bunch of guys were to do that, and that would never happen, it would be the most horrible thing on the planet. A bunch of grown men singing wet, a song called Wet Stiff Dick with similar lyrics hanging out the window of the car, driving down Main Street, USA, with a 50-year-old lady, gray hair, at the wheel. Never would any dude dream of doing that. Ever. Yet, every single limo drive run that I've done that has had a group of women partying, they sing that. From little girls to old girls. It doesn't matter. Women are fucked up. That's a disaster. You are horrible. I think you've got a problem. My God, was that bad. They don't give a fuck. They don't care that I'm there. They're going to sing that shit. Now, truth be told, I don't care. It's a little hot, okay, to talk that way. I like nasty talk. I'd, I'd never hear it. There's something to say for that. But imagine if a dude did that. Guys would never dream of that. 
Okay. So I pick them up, take them to a place to get a, uh, to get a drink. They go in and then they walk out with a dude following them. And he's trying to get phone numbers. And they're trying to shut him down. He's not taking, he's taking, he's not taking no for an answer. I open up the car door. My customers get in the car and he's, he's probably 22 and he's shit face drunk. He looks, he looks like a, a real, one of these, see this community of Waylon is full of fucking losers. Okay. Not these women, but this guy was an absolute shit show. Okay. And, uh, he, he's got, uh, it just looked like shit and he's drunk as fuck. And, uh, he's got a, he's got an, he's got the type of hat. He's got an orange winter hat on. He actually had an orange winter hat on and his eyes are half open cause he's pissed drunk and he's trying to get a number from any of these women, any of them. Last person to get into the car is this lady. And, uh, and she goes, Hey, he goes, Hey, can I get your number? She goes, I'm much too old for you. And she's trying to get away and I'm trying to hurry her along. And then she goes, if I'm going to be into anybody, it's going to be like him. And she points right at me. <laughs> and I'm like, still got it. Still got it. Get in there and sing wet ass pussy. She gets in the car. I close it. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fucking idiot. Off we go. Drop them off. Another nice night. I have two more things left to do. I drop off that car and I go get another car. All I'm doing is I'm picking up a sedan. It's not a limousine. It's just a, just a car. It's a nice car, but I'm the driver for it. And all I have to do is drive to a reception. The husband, and they just got married, and they're leaving their party. And then I'm going to take them to a hotel in downtown Grand, downtown Grand Rapids. Um, then I have to do that exact same thing in another part of town. Dudes from the limo place, they say, you might be late to the second one. I go, why do you say that? Because it's always hard to get the bride and groom away from the party. And I go, yeah. They go, Our experience tells us that no matter what you do, it never works. It's always a, if, it, if it's a pickup at one time, it's always like way later. Get ready to wait. My pickup's at 945. I get there at 940. The bride is right out in front. Hello, I'm your ride. Um, and she's like, okay, well, uh, and so I can, I can sense this is the start of the, of the process. One by one, people come up to me and say, yeah, she's getting her things. He's getting his things. And then this, this continues. And then it's, oh, hey, we're, uh, uh, the, the groom is paying the bar bill. And then there's the, the, all these goodbyes. And then uh, the, the actual last song is played. I hear the DJ say, last song, here you go. And, all right, see you later. Party's over. People start filing out, you know. And now the goodbyes start, the, 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 the hugs. And now we're, we're getting late, okay. And now I'm like, okay, Mr. So-and-so, I've got to leave by uh, 10.05, and then um, we'll still be on time. 10.05 becomes 10.10. 10.15, Mr. So-and-so comes out and goes, we're going to be late. I got, I'll, I'll tip you more. I go, I go, Mr. So-and-so, don't even worry about it. We'll figure it out. Not a problem. I'm assuming my next trip will have the same issue. I was right. So we end up getting out of there. What was supposed to be a 945 pickup. I end up getting out of there like fucking 1025. 
I'm supposed to be dropping them off at 1030, and that's 25 minutes away. So I'm like, oh, boy. Watching them try to get in the car was maddening. No one would let them go. No one. Constant hug, re-hug. Oh, it just was absolute madness. Holy shit, it took forever. Finally get them out, and off we go. Drop them off. Uh, man, I, th- I, I, was, I was afraid that, there was, that some action was going to start in the back seat because I could hear uh, like they were making out in the back seat. I was like, oh, God, this is ridiculous. Uh, who the fuck would do that? I mean, seriously, in front of people like that? Oh, and I'm like, please don't let it, don't get a boner. Don't, don't let it get out of hand. I don't want to suddenly start smelling the inside of your wife. For God's sake, please take it easy, man. Ugh. All right, drop them off. Go to the next one. Another great uh, couple celebrating. Boom. Both of them asked me for advice. Uh, they said, so how long have you been married? They've been married for minutes. I go, uh, almost 30 years. Hey, you have any advice for us? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, uh, uh, you know, try not to get uh, so many uh, uh, interests that you're no longer interested in each other. Stay in each other's orbits is what I tell people. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or like they're, they're probably thinking to themselves, what the fuck are you talking about? Stay in each other's orbits. Shut up. All right. Ended up getting in r- late and then didn't get to bed till like 2 in the morning, like I said, Sunday morning. Off to see my dad. Very, very productive. A ton of the hustle. That is that is something about the hustle, the grind. In the time when I was back in the radio days, when I would normally do no type of work, that's when the best work gets done. That's how you keep it going. Very, very thankful for that. Speaking of radio, I must tell you about Radio man, Matty Siegel. Now, you may recognize that because we've talked about Matty Siegel. Matty Siegel was the guy who was asked by his boss to stop talking about Demi Lovato, and he went crazy. Okay, now, what I find interesting about this guy uh, this radio guy, and he is a really, really big ego, so much so that he, um, uh, part of my problem with radio people and people in general in this, in this type of medium, I guess, who, um, who do this is the, um, the level of ego and the, um, how, um, the freedom that they feel they have to tell you about how great they are. And, and some of the, seriously damaged um, uh, uh, brains that you happen to have examples of time and again. And um, case in point, Carl, not this most recent week, but the week before that, he went over the uh, Howard Stern show. And Howard Stern is fucking nuts. I don't understand, based on this one particular character flaw, it's such an ugly display that... um, to the average person, it's so ugly, it's a turnoff. But despite that, he's had the most success of anyone that has ever spoken into a microphone. And I find that to be a little strange to me. And this is my point. Howard is upset that his, um, 
that Ronnie the limo driver is retiring and just moving to Las Vegas to live out the rest of his years with a little less stress. He'll still be on the show from time to time. But Howard, in a very ugly set of words, describes how much he wants him to, I guess, fail at retirement. It's it's really gruesome. And he and, and Carl uh, uh, breaks it down further, and you hear it. Because I don't listen to Howard, and I never really have. The only time I've heard him has been in clips. And to me, the guy, when he does this ego thing, it's so ugly it makes me not want to engage or listen in any way, shape, or form. To me, it is, uh, it's, it's such a uh, double-edged sword where he might have somebody amazing like Paul McCartney and do a great interview or something like that or have some silly moment with one of his whack packers. It's overshadowed by this intense ego that is absurdly ugly. And Robin kind of just patronizes him and doesn't call him out on it. I mean, my God, it's just terrible. Radio people do this quite a bit. Matty Siegel in Boston does this. He has this enormous ego. I'd never heard of him until this story broke, but in May, he was uh, bitching about Demi Lovato and uh, something like that. She had been in the news. She's always in the news, you know, one of the biggest stars in the world. And uh, he was uh, bitching about her. They they didn't like that. And uh, uh, the management at iHeart called him and said, hey, man, knock it off. She's going to be at our concert. we got a big concert coming here to the area, and she's going to be part of us. So shut the fuck up. Well, you can't tell this guy anything. So he gets pissed off. And on the air, if you remember, he apparently quit on the air. There's actually a uh, a clip of him like, all right, you wanted me to shut up. I'm shutting up. And then this is this is actually when he said this. Well, I hope you're happy as I just stopped talking. Maddie out. Maddie out. Ooh, dramatic. Maddie out. I'm leaving. What an asshole. Uh, well, he didn't leave. For a while, they thought that he did quit. But uh, weekend happened. These uh, The management at the radio station kissed his ass, which is not good. And uh, then he comes back. Okay. Um, in, uh, in that, now, not included in that audio clip, I want to read this part. And I have read this before, but it's worth mentioning because it sets up the level of this arrogance, which I fucking hate this shit um his quote was before he said i just stopped talking maddie out he said quote i am the biggest of all time (laughs) fucking terrible how could you possibly say that with a straight face and they said shut up matt stop talking well i hope you're happy because i just stopped talking maddie out (laughs) ha ha uh, so he, he left at that point and then came back. However, the story is not over. He has this, uh, uh, looks like a nice person, a young lady who is on the show, who is kind of like, and this is very common in these types of top 40 shows where they'll take the old grizzled idiot guy and pair him up with uh, the young chick. Okay? And uh, she's supposed to kind of like uh, be a foil and provide uh, the younger perspective. Uh, look at her. Her name is uh, Rebecca uh, Maroon. Maroon. M-A-R-O-U-N. They call her Bex on the show. Well, she's gone. Something happened on the air on KISS 108. Uh, and so she said, you know what? That's too much for me. I can't take it. I'm out. 
So this dick, I have the audio of him uh, being a complete asshole to her. And then she was like, okay, that's it. And this uh, this happens to uh, coincide with the previous incident about Demi Lovato. And then this moment happened on the air, and then she finally just said, okay, I can't take it anymore. I have to leave. Um, and this has all been going on since this all started May 19th, so just over a month. Um, let me let me give you a little bit more background before I play the audio audio clip. Um, after Siegel returned May 20th, saying the station management had asked him not to quit, uh, near the end of the May 20th show, instead of just moving on, he is pissed off at the producer because the incident where he said, Maddie out. The management told the producer, this Bex, Bex uh, chick, let's not post this audio on the podcast form. Let's leave it alone. And then Maddie's going to come back and we're going to go back to work. Okay. Well, he comes back to work and he starts being an asshole again. And uh, he's giving her shit because she did not post the audio. And all she did was listen to her boss. That's if she's guilty of anything. It's of listening to her boss. But this cock doesn't know that. And he wants to fucking kick the hornet's nest again. This was the straw that broke the camel's back for her. She took her time. She has now left the radio station because of the incident and has gotten another radio job in, uh, I believe, Philadelphia. So good for her, you know, get away from this cock. And I guess my point is, when the fuck is radio going to just get rid of these assholes? Okay. Uh, this person wrote, Miss Shebex, uh, you are a breath of fresh air to stale old Maddie. And another thing is, this is a top 40 station. This is what younger people listen to, okay? Why do these radio stations have these old men on there, okay? Seriously, who the fuck gives a shit? Uh, anyway, this is, the, this is the moment that pissed her off and made her leave. Listen to how patronizing, demeaning, and insulting this asshole is to Bex. Because, because I was told that I could not. This is the day after he was told that he had to shut up about Demi Lovato. He could just leave it alone. He's back on the air, but no, he's got to he's got to go this route. Because because I was told that I could not poke fun at Demi Lovato because she might be in our jingle ball or something. Okay, and I said I'll quit before I stop doing that. And you wouldn't post it. That was not my decision. That is Whose a decision, decision that comes that? from way above me, and okay. I'm just doing my okay, job. Well, you know what? Then 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 guess what? I we got another problem again. Okay. Uh, by the way, that's fucking risky. You, you, oh boy. Uh, you, frankly, I'm not an, a maniac like that, but there was a time in my life when I thought I had the juice and I could say whatever the fuck I wanted. They will take that to a point. They will take that to a point and then they will say, fuck you. Trust me on this. Trust me. Um, so that's, Fucking risky right there. Him calling them out, his boss. Hey, I art, you got a problem. Oh my God, you're fucking dead. When are they gonna stop me? I have never heard of Maddie Siegel. Ever. Okay. 
There is no radio guy in the world today who has the juice. None. And the reason why is because the industry has suffered great losses in money, revenue. So if anybody thinks that their ratings mean that they can say whatever the fuck they want to their boss, you are wrong. Holy shit. When she explains her boss made her do that, it should be over. He should say nothing more to her about this. He should, In fact, he should say, I'm sorry I accused you, but I'm going to come after you, I heart, which is already a stupid move. But he still goes after her. Listen to this. Doing my okay, job. Well, you know what? Then, then, then I guess what? I heart. We got another problem again. That's, that makes me furious. Really? Here we go again. I guess maybe maybe Einhard doesn't have my back. Maybe I was right yesterday. And by the way, the, the noise you're hearing, this is recorded off of someone's car radio. A lady is holding the camera uh, up to it, uh, the phone, and you might, you, you'll even hear her react. She goes, oh, my God, when, when he does what he does to her. This is real. Don't you ever do that. If you do work for me or you don't work for me. He's talking to her. That makes me furious. Don't you do that again? You work for me? <gasps> Holy shit. This is real. Don't you ever do that. If you do work for me. Oh, my God. I can imagine if I was working with Sam Mills and I talked like that to her. She'd beat the fuck out of me right there. She'd be, oh, yeah, motherfucker, here you go. Boom. Or you don't work for me. That makes me furious. And I wanted to do everything on this show to not do this. Everything today was about keep it light, keep it light, keep it light. And now I find out the company's doing it to me again? Holy cow. Thanks a lot for your call that I didn't get. Okay, now he's addressing her again. Um, you didn't call me. She's going to go to her phone log and say, no, I did. Here's the proof. You didn't think to call me when me? you were told to oh. not podcast? Okay, I did call you. I called you at exactly, um, I'll tell you exactly what time I called you yesterday. Because I did call okay. you. You need, at to stop. you need to stop. Turn your mic off. Turn it off. Oh my God. Turn it off. Turn off your mic. We'll be right back. I love Maddie in the morning. Good laughing. <laughs> Maddie in the morning. Oh my God. This guy's a fucking lunatic. What a maniac. Horrible, horrible behavior. Yeah, I listen every morning. Jeez. Man. So she said, fuck this. And she took her time because, again, that was May 20. So, all right, at that point, she realizes, I can't, I can't work for this asshole. That is terrible. If, um... If iHeart keeps him on. Now, that was, a, that was a month ago, so obviously they are going to keep him on. That's a horrible look. Why would you? He cannot be making you that much money. There is no radio show in America that's making money right now. They are all losing money. Why would you tolerate that horrible fucking behavior? You should fire him immediately and bring her back and make give it give the show to her. She's the only likable thing about that show. My god. Turn off your mic. 
You you work for me. Oh boy. Ugh. That is gruesome shit. I don't like that at all. Fuck Maddie Siegel. Woo. Okay. On the Patreon today, you need to know this. We have the stage set for an amazing Olympics. Because, oh man, this this makes me so happy. Um, it not only okay, you have a an athlete that that is competing in the Olympics. It is uh, uh used to be a guy, and is now a lady. And uh, is competing in a sport that requires brute strength. We have. New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard has made the Olympics in powerlifting. Yes! Weightlifting. Super heavyweight division. The strongest and biggest of the girls. The stage is set. Hubbard against the rest of the field. Every single lady born a lady is gunning for hubbard hubbard's amazingly strong is taking on all of these women so they're all women hubbard is now a woman and it oh boy this is gonna be an amazing bit of drama think about this oh representing new zealand i'm going to talk about this on the patreon Sign up for my Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I do an extra daily podcast on the Patreon every day. So this one ends. I go get a cup of coffee, come back and do more. Every day. So it's a great accompaniment to the freebie. A lot of people like to listen to the freebie and then jump right over to the Patreon and hear the rest of the show. Five or ten bucks a month. You Five bucks a month is all the audio. Ten bucks a month is all the audio and all the video. And the live streams. If you convert to a yearly, you'll save 10% of that cost. There is a lot more of material that is available each week on the Patreon in addition to what I'm talking to, just talked about. The Lost Zane recordings is my old radio shows released in the order that they happened. Mondays and Fridays. Smarter than a former drug dealer trivia with Dale. We do that on Patreon. Not to mention the Insane Asylum, my two-hour music-driven radio show on Northern Michigan's Q100. And then, of course, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. That happens weeklies. Weeklies. That happens weekly, usually on Fridays. Sign up. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. If you've signed up in the past, thank you so much for that. And if you've let it lapse, thank you anyway. I would love to have you back. It's been a real learning curve on podcasting for Eric Zane. There's still plenty of uh, uh, room for growth to improve and get better. Uh, But uh, if you listened to me way back, thank you. And I'm sorry you had to hear such shit. I'd like to think I've got more of a handle on it now than I did back then. So if you want to help out the show, please sign up. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. 
Horizon Hydroponics invites you to check them out online. HorizonHydroponics.com for anything that you want to shop for in terms of, well, making your grow that much better. Or uh, whatever you're growing. Uh, the outdoor growing season is going strong for people right now. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N Hydroponics.com for the products you need to make your plants gigantic and bountiful. Inspiring awe. Uh, if you buy online, orders 250 and over shipped anywhere in the USA free. Coupon code Zane Show at checkout saves you 10%. You can also call them before you buy. They'll give you the expertise you need. Visit them in person. Alpine and Grand Rapids Growers Outlet in Byron Center, Michigan. Lansing, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Thank you. Horizon Hydroponics. And finally. When it comes to fun in the backyard with your friends, call upon Cornhole America, a brand new set of amazing cornhole boards from Cornhole America. Online at cornholeamerica.com, shipped anywhere in the USA, and you can put any, any logo onto a set of cornhole boards and the bags. This is the way to go. They are uh, more expensive than what you buy at some stu- uh, at some stu- oh, geez, I cannot talk at some stupid store, Ugh. but they're going to last you forever. And again, anything at all onto a set of cornhole boards online at cornholeamerica.com. You want me on a set of cornhole boards? Just search Eric Zane show in the search bar of their site. You'll see my own set of cornhole boards. It's quite a bit younger. Uh, no gray hair. Truth be told, I was dyeing it. Ugh, my wife hated it when I dyed my hair. Uh, I started g- uh, going gray at like 20. At one spot. Right here. Okay, thank you, Cornhole America. Uh, for the folks who enjoyed the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, there was one moment in particular where I had a little show and tell. And I want to show it to the face, uh, not the Facebook, the uh, regular live stream audience right now in the freebie. Okay. Uh, Dean, boring Dean reminded me of it. And uh, then I went and called it up. So thank you again, Dean, for that. It was, it was awesome. Diana sent me a picture uh, of the NFK shopping um, sometime Friday. And this uh, comes to you from with the background of I've talked to you that he just stares into the frozen foods. It takes him forever. He just sits there and stares. and he, So there's that. That wouldn't be such a big deal, but there's always a space issue. He always gets way too close to people. And this picture was snapped uh, as, as that exact thing happened. Okay? Check this out. <laughs> Look at this. This guy. Here's the NFK wearing his camouflage shorts these two i was talking about this with ben these these two kind of look like they're in a gang same color shorts kind of same color shirt uh same age this dude's a little bigger he's got his wife here's like hey well this guy was here first and the nfk walks up and he's he's getting the new frozen food uh he has to get that this guy's like you're way too close to me look at this (laughs) just giving him the look so that is only for those of you who are watching the live stream. You can see this for yourself, and I will link it up in the uh, in the show notes of the uh, of the podcast. 
Uh, Ann writes, put a shock collar on the NFK. He gets too close to someone, zap him. So that was uh, that was fun to share. I will check, and, and you can check it out for yourself if you're listening to the audio podcast. I have an email I want to share for you. Share, share for you. Share with you. Come on, Eric. Nathan R. writes this. It's been a while since we've had an email of the day, and this is, uh, this is why I encourage you to reach out to me, eric at ericsangel.com, uh, with any emails that you have. Brought to you by Shoreliner Striping, indeed. Nate writes this, and Nate might be listening on the live stream right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Subject line, Patriot Gangbang. Good morning. It seems to me there's a small group of patriots on the chat that argue with everything you say. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that would be Nick, Dirk, Dean, sometimes Jason Schaefer. These are, th- those are all morons. Okay? You have to understand that. I try not to get too worked up. But when I hear people call you a troll or that you need to educate yourself before you speak, that shit sticks with me. So I chose to educate myself, Nathan. Now, these are his words. So if you guys have a problem with this, you take it up with him. I'm just reading you what he said. I downloaded an audio book from the great courses, The American Civil War. Now, this comes to us because I was uh, talking about how the uh, Confederate war generals should not be statues. They should be ripped down, and they're all terrorists, and we should not honor terrorists. Terrorists. I sound drunk. The American Civil War is 24 hours of college lectures by award-winning professors. I have been accused of being ignorant to the Civil War and slavery by this a rowdy bunch of jackasses. Nathan continues, I can now say without a doubt that the war was 100% about slavery. Well, I knew that. They don't, but I do. Those are slaver statues, and that is a slaver flag. And for quick reference... Check out the Confederate Constitution, Article 1, Section 9, 1 through 4, guaranteeing their rights to own black slaves. My God. But that's not what I want to weigh in on, he writes. So, you idiots, quit typing and listen for once. On Friday's show, you brought up paying reparations to descendants of slaves but you weren't ready to explain how you felt about it. I will say right away, hell no. Hang on. Excuse me. Nate writes, this country fought a very bloody civil war to free black Americans from those loser slavers. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't know what my problem is. The idea that the lives given to free slaves from the Confederates was not enough is insulting. Here's an idea. How about those dipshit patriots running around with their slaver flags pay reparation? States that harbor slaver sympathizers 
whom vote to keep slaver statues should pay. These patriots probably all have lady fingers, he says. I'm not sure what that means. And sits to pee, smell like tobacco, and have flappy chins. Gross. Signed and love, Nate. There you go. Some food for thought. For and Those are not my words. Don't blame me. I'm just a messenger, so shut up. It is time for the Eric Zane Show podcast, Asshole of the Day Award to be awarded. Who's it going to be? You have any suggestions? By all means, list them now. Joey says, Nate needs to educate himself a little further. Well, that's bringing it strong, Joey. You need to educate yourself further. What, what, did, what did he say that's a problem? All right. Talked about driving home, falling asleep. Uh, the big cookout. Talked about Diana. Referring to my nephew as Screech, losing the dog, giving me attitude, looking at her phone. Dad wanting to pick a fight with the asshole, driving down the street in the four-wheeler, the Dippin' Dots idiot. Limo work, quinceanera, quinceanera. Uh, picking people up from the wedding, can't get them to leave. Uh, let's see. Space issues for the NFK. And then, of course, I think this might be a repeat. Spoke, to, spoke at length about Boston radio personality, Maddie Siegel. Maddie, you are the asshole of the day. Congratulations. And you know what? Uh, shame on his boss for not firing him immediately after that. That, that was fucking ugly. People are idiots, man. Horrible. Congratulations to Maddie Siegel. You are the asshole of the day. You are a total asshole. Okay? Folks, that is it. The Eric Zane Show podcast is in the books for this. The Monday, June 21 show coming to you from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. As always, I thank you. I'll be on the Patreon in just a bit. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.